This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Necessary Roughness, brought to you by Southfield Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. With 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the National Championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, the first preseason game is in the books. The Detroit Lions came out on top of the New York football Giants, 21-16. to Obviously, I'm joined by T.J. Lang. T.J., your thoughts on the first impressions of of the the Detroit Lions uh it certainly looked like the defense was a little bit ahead of the offense um and look you're going to get that anytime you have uh most of your second string third string guys in there it's going to be a little bit sloppy at times but the offense to me was uh pretty blah you know I know Sudfeld uh was going to give uh going to be given a huge opportunity coaches said that hey even though we're you know, signing Teddy Bridgewater, we, we still believe in Nate Sudfeld. We just don't know anything about him. We're going to, you know, flood this guy with reps and with opportunities to show us uh, what he can do. I thought he was pretty okay, right? And, look, I, I know that he's not playing with the top uh, dogs on offense. He's not playing with the top offensive line or the receivers or the running backs. Um, he was getting hit a lot, which was a little bit concerning to see uh, from a backup offensive line perspective. Uh, but the two interceptions he threw, I mean, look, first one's trying to take a shot. Probably wasn't a good decision anyways when you see that Jamison was double covered. Uh, got hit in the back as he released it. You know, those things happen. The second one, kind of the same deal. You know, trying to take a shot to Jamo again over the middle of the field. Um, tried to thread a needle there. Uh, you know, just probably not a good decision again. But I'm not going to put all the blame on Sudfeld for that because I saw, uh, you know, a few different replays, and even from my perspective on the field, that looked like a ball that Jamison could have at least tried deflected, right? I, I think he saw it was going to be high. He just kind of gator-armed it, tucked, and uh, that's just a recipe for disaster in in, in the NFL um, when you see high passes like that. So I thought Sudfeld was okay. I mean, I was excited to watch him the most just to see what we have uh, with him. Uh, I think that makes – his performance, I think, made me feel better about signing Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> um, talked about that last week in regards to we didn't know what the contract was going to be. One year, two and a half uh, incentives up to $5 million. It's only one year. It doesn't break the bank. And, yeah, I, after watching Sudfeld, I, I'm glad that we signed Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. I, and that was, I think, probably my biggest takeaway uh, from the game. And, obviously, when the news became – uh, official, you know, earlier this week. Um, other things that stood out, look, I think, 
you have to preseason's different now, right? I, obviously, none of the starters played. Um, most of the guys, most of the starters on defense didn't play. I always try to look at who's getting snaps, you know, late in the game, in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter. Who are some guys uh, that might be surprising to be still see out there playing? Um, it used to be the writing on the wall, right? If yep. you're playing late in the fourth preseason game, uh, odds aren't looking really good, right? You might be in the doghouse. You might be a, a guy that the team is looking to move on for. Something that surprised me, watching both uh, Okora brothers, you know, mm-hmm. play pretty much the entire game, uh, even late into the game, you know, fourth quarter, uh, going out there. That it, I, I, I love the fact that both of them played well. Uh, that's something that they should be doing against, yeah. especially against second and third string backup offensive linemen. Uh, but that was a little bit of a head scratcher for me, just because where do where do those brothers sit? You know, in the coach's mind, in the in the organization's mind, is this is this kind of a year where um, the team might be ready to move on? You know, that's kind of was my first thought because you normally don't see. I mean, Romeo's a guy that has been around the league, what, eight, nine years now. Yeah. Uh, you don't usually don't see those guys playing late into the fourth quarter, uh, especially of the first preseason game, if they're, you know, locks to be on this team and they're guys that uh, the coaches are going to count on come the season. So that was a little bit surprising to me. But I, I, I thought, look, both of them stood out defensively. They did what they were supposed to do. I'm not going to get uh, super excited and, and psyched out over, you know, Julian having three sacks against, uh, you know, guys that are – not going to be playing NFL football in, in about a month. Um, but that's what you're supposed to do, right? You don't apologize for it. You go out there and you make plays and um, you don't sulk about it, right? You just go out there and, and do what's asked of you. And I thought both those guys definitely stood out on defense. So let's go through some of the rookie performances because I think a lot of us were were excited about seeing the rookies for the first time. But let's start with the guy who's basically entering his rookie year. It's a second year for him, though. Um, and it, it, he's become very much a lightning rod here in Detroit. Those that support him versus those that that want to, you know, uh, already move on from him. And I don't think any of uh, either of us are in either of those. There's still so much to see. But your thoughts on Jamison Williams and his performance on Friday night? <sighs> Frustrating might be the wrong word. Um, and I'm thinking everybody's thinking of the one play, right? The the, the shot to him early, the drop yep. pass, right? I don't know if that would have been a touchdown. It was tight coverage, but that's a perfectly placed ball. Uh, that listen, you just got to play. You got to make. You got to make that play, right? Especially if you're a guy of Jamison Williams stature that is a first round pick that a lot of people are excited to watch to try to make up their mind. Like you said, there's a lot of people on the fringe, one way or the other. We're just kind of waiting for that moment that's like, okay, now it's starting to click, mm-hmm. right? And we didn't get that. And everybody talks about, everyone wants to talk about, oh, the two-point conversion, the one-handy catch. Yeah, that's a good play, but it's a play you should make. I'm not going to celebrate a, a very routine play for a guy that I have extreme high expectations for, right? If we see Amon around St. Brown make that catch, it's like, oh, yep, that's just what he does. You know, that's yep. what we expect out of him. Um, but for JMO, it's just, you just keep waiting. You keep waiting for him to... Just to, to make that big play and then do it consistently and be a difference maker, right? And I was a little bit, bit disappointed that uh, he wasn't able to do that largely against a group of backup defenders uh, against the New York Giants. Um, I, I'm, I'm right in the middle on Jamison right now. I go back and forth. I say, you know, is he a concern? I, I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't at least a small uh, bit concerned about Jamison Williams. Mm-hmm. And I think that's only because... 
he hasn't shown us anything on the other side of it to to alleviate those concerns. You know what I mean? It's just all like, okay, I mean, I'm not trying trying not to panic about it, trying not to get too worked up about it. Um, But at the same time, you're like, man, just just show us who you are, right? Show us that that level of play that we expect out of you. I didn't think it was a bad performance by him, but I thought it was a performance that. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It did, certainly didn't change anybody's mind. If you're on the Jameson, uh, you know, bus train, I, I think people are still probably riding that pretty hard. And if you're on the Jameson, uh, well, he still needs time, you know, keep letting him develop. He didn't miss the, yeah. you know, 10 games last year. I think a lot of people are still on that train as well. So it just kind of seemed to be, um, unfortunately, just a bit of an average performance. Um because we just we, we want to see the big plays, right? We want to see the speed. We want to see uh, what kind of playmaker he can be uh, when he gets back on the, on this team come October. We just we haven't seen it yet. Well, and and I think we kind of go back to what you just talked about with Julian Oquara. Is the, you know you're not going to celebrate necessarily three sacks against you know inferior competition, and I think that's what we wanted to see from Jamison Williams was. Hey, if he's out there in the first quarter, whether or not the, he's playing against the first line guys, he wasn't. You're still playing against guys that are probably going to make the roster as you get further in that first preseason game. And he had 51 reps. You're going to be playing against guys that, if you're a number 12 overall pick and you're coming from Ohio State, from Alabama, you expect so much more against that level of competition. And throughout the entire game, to me, he just felt like a guy. Like there was nothing special. There was nothing that that led you to believe he was. If if you took away and you didn't know anything about the history, that you wouldn't necessarily go out there and say, okay, that that that's a guy that you would have taken in the first round. Yeah, and and I think that's the, for those that are riding the bus train. That's the concern for those that are riding the train of give it more time. I'm with you. Give it more time. But at some point, the light bulb has to go on, and you've got to be a guy that just goes out there and makes plays. He's had, in his career, last year he was targeted nine times, one catch. It was for a touchdown, but there was really nothing special about that play other than he was wide open. That could have been play construction. It could have been his his God-given ability of speed and quickness. Yeah. This year, in just one preseason game, he's got two catches on seven targets. So right now he's had 16 targets and only three receptions. And you look at other guys, you know, James Mitchell. Now, James Mitchell had more run last year, but he was coming off an ACL. 
he had three targets, three catches. Different positions, I get it. Different, you know, exposure, different, you know, skill set. But you start looking around and you say, well, Chase Cota was going against the same, you know, competition. Antoine Green, uh, Dylan Drummond, your guy from Eastern Michigan, they're all going against the same competition. And those guys look the same as Jamison Williams at, at the worst. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's where I felt a little bit concerned because you wanted to see him stand out. You wanted to see him... Uh, as you put it, dominate against um, what just call it what it is lower competition going mm-hmm. against uh, a bunch of backups on the Giants defense. Um, I'm not going to freak out yet because you also get it. Hey, he's really the only guy that was out there um, that we hope to have a big part of the season when he gets back to be a, be an impact player. Uh, he wasn't playing with Jared Goff. He wasn't playing with, uh, you know, the running game and the offensive line and Amon Ross St. Brown. Right, all of those. Uh, all of those things are going to make him a better player um, when he gets reps with those guys. But, yeah, it's just uh, it, it felt kind of like a uh, uns- not unsettling, but an unappetizing performance, right? And I don't think I was necessarily expecting to go out there and have, you know, seven, eight catches for a buck fifty and a couple touchdowns. But you wanted to see that at least one play. And, he, mm-hmm. and the one that he had the opportunity to make, he didn't. Yeah. Right, so that's where it's just like, all right, man. Like you still got still got a long way to go. Still got a lot of work to do. So let's talk a little bit more about some of the young guys offensively. Uh, Jameer Gibbs had six carries, nineteen yards, one catch for eighteen yards. Um, what did you see from him uh, from field level? Uh, it was difficult. I mean, I didn't really see. You couldn't really see the speed um, yet because. You just call, I mean, it's it's, it's vanilla. Very, it's very vanilla, vanilla offense. It's vanilla offense. It's base install, right? You you just practiced against the team uh, twice throughout the week. They know what plays you're probably going to run. I mean, it's it's difficult to stand out in the preseason. Um, I think, especially when you're playing all your twos and threes, um, you're going to have missed assignments. You're going to have guys getting beat, going the wrong way, whatever it is. I I, I didn't really get to see uh, the the speed factor from Jameer Gibbs. Um, which is fine. I mean, I, I probably I think we all knew that going in that it's probably going to be one of those sloppy type games with a bunch of backups playing. Uh, we did get to see it a lot during the week, though, which was great. I mean, when he was going against the the Giants ones in those joint practices, uh, we got to see a lot of speed there. But look, I, I think he's a guy that I'm 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 just still excited to, to watch him continue to develop. Um, the one thing that stood out there was a couple runs there, and I know you look at. Uh, the box score, you say six runs for 19 yards. I mean, you know, average of three yards a carry. I yeah. mean, that's nothing to write home about. But that one, you know, I think he long was eight, nine-yard run. Kind of got bottled up there. You saw the vision kind of pop off, hit the backside, and, and was able to get out uh, and turn a negative play into a positive. Those are the little things that are going to make a difference um, for this offense once they get him rolling, once they get the ones all linked up and, and the chemistry starting to uh, climb. I, I think Jameer Gibbs is – He's primed to have a big role in this offense. I know that. Um, I know they were excited to, you know, see what he could do out yeah. there live action. I don't think he disappointed. I don't think he uh, was great by any means, but I, I thought it was uh, solid uh, with with all key, all things considered. There, uh, how that game played out, I thought it was uh, thought it was a solid performance by him. So let's stay with uh, you know some of the the skilled guys, Dylan Drummond. Um, I know, obviously, you've got a connection being that he's from your alma mater. The story is great in regards to, hey, they just brought him in basically as a warm body for rookie minicamp. He got an invite to camp. He's made a name for himself. 
what was it? Did, did he do anything to set himself apart? Because if you look at a lot of the projections of the 53-man roster, now uh, nobody is in those meetings with Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell in, in how they're going to construct their roster, but a lot of people have Dylan Drummond making this team. It's going to be a battle for that last uh, receiver spot. I know yeah. that. Um, and especially you consider one of these guys is probably going to be on the roster for at least the six first six games when uh, when Jameson is out and doesn't count against uh, your 53-man spot. Mm-hmm. Um, Drummond, I thought, look, he was a guy that all throughout camp has been turning heads. He's making plays. Um, he's been reliable, being in the right spot at the right time, knowing what to do. Uh, I, I, I I was hoping to see a little bit more of that in the game uh, on Friday. I think he had the one opportunity that was uh, kind of a jump ball in the end zone that yeah. got knocked away from him. It's You can look at it both ways, right? If that's one of our defensive backs making that play, you're like, wow, that's a hell of a play. Yeah. Since it's our receiver, though, you're like, yeah, you got to find a way play. to make that play, right? <laughs> you got to find a way to make that play. Those are the little things when you start to talk about fringe guys that are in uh, a position battle or a battle to for a spot on this team. Uh, those are the plays that you need to make, right? Those are the plays that when it all comes down to it and they're saying, hey, we've got player A, player B, we're keeping one of them. Which one do you guys like more? You know, if Dylan Drummond, you go up and make that play, 50-50 ball, that's probably enough to put you over, you know, the second guy in that conversation. Uh, I'm not saying it's enough to drop him out of the conversation. I think that uh, the coaches and the front office and the scouts are still extremely high on him uh, based off what they've seen throughout practices. But, Practice can only get you so far, right, John? Coach Campbell talks about it all the time. He's like, we want to see what these guys do under the lights, you know, in the stadium, on this turf with, you know, 40,000 people screaming at them, right? Well, you can make plays all you want in practice. If you're not making them in the games, though, none of it matters. So, uh, Dylan Drummond, I thought, I didn't think, you you know, I wasn't super disappointed with it, but I would have loved to see him uh, make that contested catch uh, on that ball, which would have been a touchdown, just to say, okay, yep, like now we see it. We see what the coaches are talking about. We see what all the hype's about. Uh, you know, maybe we have something here with this kid. Uh, the good part is, you know, you still got two more games to go. You still got a lot more practices to go, obviously, with the joint practices this week to, uh, you know, go out there and make plays and, and try to forget about the ones you didn't make last week. That's going to be the biggest key for not only a guy like Dylan Drummond, but all the young players, right? Don't make the same mistakes that you made in the first preseason game. Coaches want to see, you know, constant and consistent improvement, right? We don't want to be going over and correcting the same mistakes uh, that we made last week. So if you're a guy like Dylan Drummond, who's going to have more opportunities this this Saturday against Jacksonville, it's got to be, the mindset's got to be, I got to make the plays, right? I just have to. If I want to stand out and I want to show that, uh, you know, I'm I'm worthy of having a spot on this team, those are plays you got to make. Because you can't just be a fifth, sixth receiver that goes out there and, you know, is just a gadget guy or a special teams guy. You got to contribute on offense as well, and uh, that's something that you know. Hope, hopefully, when he gets his shot, uh, you know, this week against Jacksonville, he starts coming down with some of those balls. A guy that I would like to have seen a little bit more of, either more opportunities in the pass game, but also in the run game. Sam Laporta um, had one target um, and dropped it. It was a fourth down conversion, and it was one. It was a contested ball, but one that you believe a guy, um, you know, with his capability should bring in. What did you see from Sam Laporta? It's hard to tell. The tight ends, you know, they just kind of get meshed up in there in yeah. the run game, and it's like uh, you don't really know whose responsibility is what. Uh, gosh, it, I feel like a broken record. I mean, we can talk about each and every one of these young guys where it's like. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, some solid performances, right? Uh, some some solid first steps for a lot of these guys. Nothing that really stood out uh, to say, oh my goodness, right? This guy's going to take the league by storm. Um, but nothing extremely concerning where you say, uh-oh, like uh, we took that guy in the second round, right? Yeah. So that's kind of the gist that I got uh, with all the guys I already talked about. That's the gist I got with Sam Laporta as well, where – you know, there was an opportunity to maybe make a, a bigger splash play that you didn't make. Okay, it's not the end of the world. Uh, not going to be super down on you like the Jamison Williams stuff. You know, it's, yep, I wish you would have made that. But, again, I'm not, you know, losing all hope that you can find a way to turn it around. Um, but, you know, that's that's usually how the first preseason game goes. Um, you got to get the jitters out. You got to get the nerves out. Uh, it's first time any of these kids are playing NFL football. It is different, you know, once the game starts flying a little bit faster. Uh, I'll just tell you what, I I, th- I think we could talk about every single rookie and I could just say, put him in the same boat. Um, saw some good things, you know, saw a few things you want to see cleaned up. None of them really stood out. Um, not a concern. Yeah. Also not, you know, super excited. We can talk about Brian Branch. I mean, the hit that he had yeah, on Cole well, Beasley was, it was, was awesome. that was, I mean, if you want to talk about rookies making a splash play, I mean, that's the, well, I think that's, really, that's probably the only one that stood out to like, oh my goodness, like that was speed, that was physicality, that was uh, understanding what the other, you know, the offense was trying to do, not biting on the play action, you know, staying in your spot, getting, going sideline to sideline, making a big hit. Uh, those are the type of plays that you want to see from the young players. And I think that was really the only one we probably saw throughout the, the whole rookie class, making a big play like that. That is getting the crowd going, getting exciting, sure. right? Getting the sideline uh, jumping up and down a bit. Uh, I thought that uh, outside of that, I mean, everybody, I would just say looked solid, John. You know, just looked solid. I still want to go back and, gosh, you know, I want to vent, but I don't want to you know take the sidetrack the show at all but this new like nfl plus bull that they got going on it's so difficult now to go back and watch games like can yeah, i, I just go can, can, can i just, I just, all just go back to the game yeah. i want to watch the end zone view i want to see what the guys are doing they just make it so difficult i'm hoping that comes out at some point this week so i can actually go back and study and watch a little bit more but um you said go to the defensive side of the ball look brian branch made probably the biggest splash play of the uh, of the day as far as uh, defensively as far as a young player stepping up, making a play. We obviously saw Jack Campbell a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, he's on the stat sheet with, with four tackles. Uh, looked like he was in the right spot, knew what he was knew what he was doing, right? Didn't look like the game was too big for him, mm-hmm. uh, making some plays. Uh, you talk about other guys, uh, that linebacker position. Uh, Coach, you know, we talked to him last week on, on Friday in the production meeting, and um, I asked him, you know, which one group are you excited to watch the most? And it took him about 20 seconds. He paused and really had to think about it, but he said the linebackers. He wanted to yeah. watch the linebackers because they really feel like they have four starting NFL caliber uh, linebackers in that group. Now, the reality is you're only going to play two of them for, you know, majority of the game, <laughs> percent of the game, yeah. it, depending on what, what package you're in. But Campbell, I thought, looked good. Uh, I thought Derek Barnes looked good. I mean, he's a guy that we've raved about, you know, in, through training camp and, and saying he needs to have a big year. This is time for him to step up, show what he can do. I thought he was solid. A uh, guy like Malcolm Rodriguez, who last year was kind of the darling and star of training camp, right? And we saw him make plays, uh, you know, obviously being hyped up on hard knocks mm-hmm. uh, didn't help at all. But you look at a guy like that and you say, man, did he take a step back? Because last year he was coming out of camp as pretty much a starter. 
this year he's kind of you know he's behind he's more. behind Barnes he's behind Anzalone he's probably behind uh, you know Jack Campbell you're like he didn't he didn't take a step back I think that that room just it, improved so much that uh, you, you got you got other high caliber players in there as well I thought the linebacker group played pretty good it didn't look like there were a lot of uh, mental errors, guys not going the right way, guys getting lost in coverage. Uh, it looked like a solid uh, effort from all those guys, Jack Campbell uh, included. And that was probably the one position group on this team that needed to take that big step in this defense because we know they revamped uh, the secondary. We know that the defensive line, um, you know, added a little bit of bulk guys getting better in year two, year three, taking those steps, getting a little bit healthier. Uh, that linebacker group was the one that's like, all right, you know, this is – they can't be the weak link anymore. And once again, I'm not trying to get too excited because of the competition that they faced, but they did what they were supposed to do. Yeah. And that was an encouraging sight to see. So what I liked about Branch was it was, yeah, right place, right time, but it was instincts. It was awareness. It was closing speed. It was some of the physical attributes that he brings to this defense. I think he was really able to show off. Uh, and we saw it all in that one plan that you just talked about for Jack Campbell in being able to watch it from home. Now, I too would like to get the all 22 and we will at some point because we'll be able to talk more about Broderick Martin and some of those guys when we get a chance to see the, you know, the mess that was the interior D line. Uh, And I say mess just because there's a lot of bodies in there, not because they were either good or bad, but Jack Campbell in a third and two situation stepped up, took on a guard, read the play, and then was in on the tackle to prevent a first down. I thought it was first time I saw a Detroit Lions linebacker in some time be able to do that. And that has to do with his physicality, his awareness, and again, instincts, but also, hey, the fact that he does have long arms. He's got the strength to be able to to shed a block from an offensive guard and then to follow it up on fourth down, being in on the tackle again, a nice, nice stop. You know, and, and it some of those things you watch him covering a running back out of the backfield and it shows you he's got the the power to be a run stopper, but also the athletic ability, which we had heard so much about in the draft and coming out of the combine, the highest athletic score of, of, of defensive players, that he was able to cover a running back out of the backfield and prevent a, a, a reception. So those are some of the things I liked about the defensive players. Now I want to turn our attention to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, there's going to be two practices that are going to be joint scrimmage between the two clubs. The ones, and and from what I've heard, the ones versus ones, there's going to be a lot more of that scripted in these joint practices. So I don't know if that means we're not going to see Jared Goff. We won't see the ones in the game. I hope we do. Um, I would love to see them gear things up for the second preseason game and at least get a taste of what it's like in the stadium. Not that those guys don't have that experience, uh, but I think there is value in that. But what do you want to see, whether it's in the joint practices or if we get a chance to see them Saturday night live in an, in an action against the Jaguars, this team be better at or do better from preseason game one to preseason game two. I want to see the offense take a little bit of a step. And I look, I know that we're not going to get, um, you know, super creative game plan in the preseason, but you, I want to start seeing a little bit more big plays, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't really see many big plays uh, offensively on Friday against the Giants. It was just kind of a rough and tumble boxing match. There weren't any, you know, big haymakers thrown either way. There were just a bunch of little uh, jabs, right? Um, I'd like to see a little bit more speed 
uh, in physicality because Jacksonville is a team that's completely different than what you just saw with the Giants. The Giants are kind of that black and blue, we're just going to rough and tumble mm-hmm. you for 60 minutes and try to wear you out style of teams. Uh, Jacksonville is more of a speed team. They've got a lot of speed, right? Ja- uh, Trevor Lawrence can run. Um, ETN, we know, is fast. Calvin Ridley, you're going to get a lot of speed with him, too. Uh, the defense, a lot of fast guys on that defense that can fly around. Uh, how do you counter that, right? Do you counter that with, with, with speed of your own, or do you counter that with a little bit more physical style approach to uh, how you want to beat teams like that? So that was the same thing I think Dan Campbell said after after the game. I asked him, you know, what steps do you want to see your t- team take this week? And he said, we we got to be more physical, right? We don't want to be a finesse team. We know that we – I think the biggest uh, improvement that this team has made overall uh, this year is is team speed. They brought in a lot of guys that are fast, whether that be some of the rookies, whether that be, uh, you know, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Mosley, Cam yep. Sutton, those type of guys. Uh, Jack Hamble, uh, another guy that's got a lot of speed. Uh, that's That's been the biggest difference. But you got to understand you can't – you don't want to change your team identity to one of the speed teams, to a finesse team, to a team that's going to try to trick you. Obviously, we'd love to see the speed in the big plays, but uh, the M.O. of this team and the characteristic that they've built uh, throughout the last uh, couple of years is that – they're physical, right? We want to be able to wear on you. We want to be able to to run you into the ground, right? We want to be able to beat your beat your ass so bad in the first three quarters. By the fourth quarter, we're just cruising, right? Because you know you you just kind of wore the other team out. Don't lose track of of that physicality just because you've added so much speed. That's something that I hope to get down to the practices a little bit this week. Uh, you know, just watch those one on ones, watch the nine on sevens, watch the team short yardage, the team goal line period to see. Uh, who the more physical team is, because those are the drills that the physicality definitely stands out. Uh, we saw it last week. We saw, you know, pretty good physical practice with the Giants both days. Um, Lions definitely didn't back down on either day, uh, which was good to see. But you'd like to see that take even a, another step this week. Yeah, it'll be good to see them against another playoff team uh, and and a team that got a win in the playoffs. Uh, the only other thing that I want to see and add to what you just mentioned is the first group defense and whether it's I don't know if Aiden Hutchinson will be out there I know he's uh, nursing an ankle right now I I would be surprised probably to see him Uh, or if it's Pascal Houston uh, you know Charles Harris Aleem McNeil if we get a chance to see him I want to see more pressure because you're not going to see a whole lot of design blitzes at this time it's going to be a vanilla defense just like we talked about the vanilla offense I would like to see those guys win more up front and put pressure on Trevor Lawrence if he's in there or whoever the starting quarterback is going to be for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Just a little bit more pressure applied by that front seven in winning one-on-one matchups or beating double teams or making the def- or making the opposing offense account for different matchups. Yeah, and I, that would be, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see the same lineup again on Saturday. Uh, I think a reason why the coaches love the joint practices so much is uh, that you can run, you know, a simulated game against another team in practice, but at the same time uh, still take care of each other and try to limit the injuries, right? Your quarterback's obviously not getting hit in practice uh, like they will in the game. I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, the ones not play uh, again this week yeah. just because they're going to get so many reps uh, on Wednesday and Thursday in those joint practices. But I do want to see them at some point this preseason. I do want to see the ones. I do want to see if everything looks smooth. Um, I want to see if everybody's in unison. I want to see the play calling. I want to see the 
just to make sure, you know, see see how smooth the operation is run. Because um, the last thing you want is to head into week one against Kansas City on a Thursday night and you haven't taken any game reps yeah. together as you're, as you're starting offense or starting defense, right? Now you're trying to work out some kinks. And, hey, when you're playing a good, against a good team, if you start slow for the first five, ten minutes, you could be down two or three scores, right? So um, I would like to see the ones a little bit this week. I don't know if we're going to, but I'd like to see them at some point this preseason just to see how the operation is, just to see how the defense looks in a game situation, right, with with those new defensive backs, with uh, a beefed-up defensive line, with the improvements that the linebacker linebacking group has made. Um, I would like to see that just to kind of settle some nerves before we uh, just – go running into the fire week one Thursday night against Kansas City trying to figure it all out uh, at, yeah, at, at kickoff time. That's never, in my opinion, a good way to, to start the season. Well, the Jacksonville Jaguars are coming to town Thursday and Friday or Wednesday and Thursday of this week will be the scrimmage between the two. Saturday night, the preseason game. We'll make sure you, we bring you all of the information that's going on at practice, our evaluation of the game, what we expect going into the the final week of the preseason and head right into the regular season and our anticipation for cuts, what we think is going to happen with this roster. All of that is to come in the very near future in the coming weeks right here on Necessary Roughness.